Welcome to Sober Holly, a podcast about Christian recovery, where each week we explore topics that can free you from bondage and strengthen your relationship with God, others, and yourself. Now, your show hosts, Roger and Jason. Hey. What's up, man? Hey. You you gripe too much at me when we do this. I'm telling you, you're like my wife's just nagging all the time, no, just griping. I can't be that bad. Actually, my wife didn't do that at all. But, I know. You know. Uh, I can honestly say that though she is. I'm getting myself in trouble right off the get go of the show, and she listens to these digging a hole, huh? Uh, but she knows I, I, that I really don't mean that. Well, it's it's mine and Dakota's three year anniversary today or yesterday. Yeah. Today, really? Yeah. That's yesterday. No, yeah, three years, three whole years. So we're in studio. Look with with Dan Ingram. Hello, hey, hey, man. He is the host of. No, he's not the host. He's the author of 21 Life Nuggets, right? Right, right. Huh? I got it right. Boom. And that is, you can buy that on Amazon, right? Right. That and came Barnes out about Noble. a year ago. About a year ago, right. So. Uh, so you got that. He's an author. He is, get this, <laughs> he is a musician. I guess you could call yourself a musician. Right, right. You, you sing reggae, rap, hip-hop, all Christian music. Right, right. I can't even sing it. Uh, uh, what, what's that saying? I can't sing a note in a bucket or something like that. Can't carry a tune in a bucket. <laughs> yeah. That's bad for me. I'm yeah, choking over can. here. you can. You can. I've heard you. Yeah, yeah, sing. That's He's all pretty lies. good. Yeah, I've, I've seen lies. him worship before, yeah. yeah I, I, I could worship. I, it just don't sound good. Right. Like, well, I, I have a good time with it. So you know, I guess that's all that matters, right? It's a joyful noise. Yeah, a joyful right? noise. So I'm excited to have Dan with us yeah, today. Me too. But before we get started his story, I wanted to talk to you for ju- just a second because I know we get on this a lot. How's your legs feeling? They're sore. Are they sore? I ran my, my marathon uh, a couple of days ago. And all by yourself? I all mean, by myself. I didn't have anybody there. Yeah, so except the other 1,500 people, but oh, other yeah. than them. And so he, he ran a marathon a, a few months back with a friend of his, and he had trained for several months for that. And then he went ahead like, I want to do another goal. So he went and said, I'm going to run this other marathon on his own. So I thought that was a pretty big deal to go out and have the fortitude, I guess, would be the word for that, to go do it by yourself because it's hard. I, mean, I used to run yeah. some. And I traveled. And I said used to because I ain't been running nothing like that anymore. I traveled and I was eating out at restaurants all by myself. Uh, didn't feel weird to me. Hey, but to be fair, he thought about backing out. He did. <laughs> no, I did. He did. I did. He was crawfishing there for a minute. 30 minutes on a treadmill at 2.8, I'm fine. I'm I good agree, to go. man. That's about where I'm at. I've been, I have been doing two miles a day and 50 push-ups. That's kind of my new thing. Push-ups with one hand. I can do it. I can do it. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's been been something else. So, anyways, congratulations on the Thank race, you. man. That was Thank a big you. deal. Big yeah, accomplishment. Fun. So, Dan, let's move to your story, man. i got a lot to cover in about 20 minutes or 28 minutes, if I wanted to be exact with it. But, um, you know, I asked you to come on the show last week, man, and like always, you just jumped to it because I know ministry has been something you've been a part of ever since I've known you for, I guess, almost – what, 10 years or about so 10 now? 10 years now, right. And so what I wanted our listeners to kind of start with is, you know, your story and kind of, you know, the backside of where you are today, how it all started. Well, uh, you know, first off, I was born uh, with one one lung and one kidney in scoliosis uh, to uh, my parents. And, of course, my dad drank, you know, one party and did all that stuff. So... Uh, even though we, we had a, a, a somewhat stable home life, it was still, you know, chaotic at, at times. But when I got to be about 13, 
I, uh, you know, begin to look around at all the, the guys with the long hair and, you know, the squinted eyes and, you know, uh, they were listening to music and they seemed like they were having a cool time. And, that was Jason. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, playing foosball and I was watching this and I had two older uncles, both about eight or nine years older than me. And I noticed that they were like those. So I, one day I just uh, started listening to a, a Black Sabbath album, Master of Reality. The first song was Sweet Leaf, you know, but I had been, you know, I'd always listened to like AM, you know, WSGN, you know, this pop stuff. So when I heard that sound, it was like, whoa, what is this? And then not long after that, I just started hitting my uncles up. Hey, I know y'all smoke pot. Uh, I know yeah. y'all do. I know uh, y'all do. Let me now, in. See, they remember me as <laughs> being the me sick in. little kid yeah. and they didn't want, no, no, no. So finally I, I hit, hit, hit. And then when I was about to, just about to turn 14, I talked him into giving me a, a joint and uh, began to smoke and all that. Well, the first month, this is hilarious, the first month I didn't feel a thing after I did it four, five, six times. So I thought everybody was kidding. So I went around going, hey, man, what's up? <laughs> oh, you're, you're <laughs> That's so funny. Look, I didn't get high the first time I smoked uh, This was like five or six times at least. So on September the 19th, the day after my 14th birthday, I got a joint from a guy at school, went home, smoked it, and went in there and turned on the Almond Brothers whipping post. And it was like, bam. Yeah. <laughs> and I laid there with everything spinning and moving. I thought, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. From that point on, I started smoking pot, everybody drinking beer on the weekends, you know, and and just it just developed from there like always, you know. Oh, yeah. And then start trying pills, and the next thing I know, hey, 17, 18 years old, I'm going out, staying gone all weekend, staying high and drunk, you know, stoned the entire high school time, went to college, was stoned, and every day drinking a couple of beers during lunch, and it just, you know, by the time I was about 24, I, I knew I was an alcoholic, terrible, shaking, uh, you know. Not knowing where the car was, mm -hmm. few wrecks, uh, you know, blowing all my money, and uh, finally one day I uh, I woke up on September fifth, nineteen ninety, shaking and trembling and and uh, you know sick, and I went over to the refrigerator, got a beer out, you know, uh, chugged it, it went everywhere. <laughs> let I, I let it go, yeah. had another one. Went and turned on the stereos at a friend, a friend of mine, uh, my sister's house. And when I turned the stereo on about eight o'clock in the morning, they had on country gospel music. Hmm. And I was raised in church, backslid at 13, and they started singing. I was too sick to get up and turn it off. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, tears started flowing. I started crying, and then God spoke to my heart. And told me to go to this treatment center that I'd never been to. Didn't even know how to get there. And uh, the rest is history. <laughs> Amen. That's awesome. Had two awesome wow. praying grandmas. Of course, my story's in my book, Out of a Horrible Pit. You can read free on my website, daningram.org. Just click on ebooks. You can read it free. But a uh, little pamphlet I've given out, given out all over the place. Yeah, those went in several different countries. Because that's one of the things that... We, you didn't have it that time, but I know it went afterwards. But that's one of the probably the closest we got when, when we went on a mission trip together right. uh, to Costa Rica. Right. I got it translated into Spanish. I've given out thousands at Teen Challenges and other addiction centers and youth groups and all that. But uh, I got it translated into Spanish 
about six years ago, wasn't it? And I've given them out in five Spanish-speaking nations. I've got a dental mission guy who takes them with him wherever he goes. They do dental work, share Mm -hmm. the gospel, give them one of my books in Spanish in two different areas in Mexico and uh, Belize and just all over the place. It's just awesome. Well, you mentioned that you backslid when you was 13. So today I know that you're a pastor, and ever since I've known you, you've been a pastor. And um, you, you said, like I said, you said backslide. What, what do you mean? What, does that mean you were saved beforehand? Or Right. When I was 10 years old, I went to the altar on a Sunday night with a bunch of other kids and wept like a baby. You know, I was I was saved. For the next couple of years, I went to church. There were certain things I wouldn't do. Uh, you know, I wanted to live for God, go to church and all that. And then again, when I was about 13, I started looking around, mm-hmm. quit going to church, you know, uh, very, for various reasons. And, uh, you know, it just went from there. So. so do you think that any of that played a part on why you started using drugs? Or had you started before then? Uh, no, I hadn't started before then. Uh, once I quit going to church and looking around at my uncles and the, everybody, uh, thinking there's, you know, what are they doing? They look cool. You know, I wanted to be cool. You know, matter of fact, in the seventh grade, I was voted most cool before I ever took my oh. first drug. <laughs> look at you. So I was already oh. cool in advance. Yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, so it all it all led together yeah. down that road. So. Yeah. so. Yeah, the reason I ask that because a lot of times, you know, I've heard the the argument. Oh, well, the reason you you went to addiction is because you don't know Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not really what you just told me. Right. So you knew Jesus, and you still went and did drugs. Now you wasn't following, you wasn't chasing after Jesus. Right. You, right. you kind of went the worldly way. Right. But yet, you know, that doesn't mean that you wasn't saved and yeah. you know and doing those things. That's the way my story was. I. I, he was my savior and my lord all through high school, and then I quit letting him be lord of my life. He was still my savior, and then that's how you know. Then I started gradually falling into addiction. See, I'm the opposite of both of you guys. Like, uh, yeah, you I, were I, terrible. I, I was. <laughs> <laughs> you was a heathen. No, the yeah, I was bad, guys. I, I was the guy who would cuss y'all out if y'all came close to me talking about that Jesus stuff. So it, it's just good to hear different stories mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And so now you said you went to rehab. Um, right. you, you got clean. And that's been since the nine. Uh, that was that was September the fifth, nineteen ninety. Got out October the first, nineteen ninety. So how many years? So, so it's that been now? like twenty nine years. Twenty nine years now. I've now lived my life over again, sober, sober and clean. That's cool. So, yeah, which is really cool. Me, I've now surpassed the amount of time that I did drugs. I've been sober longer than that. Yeah, that's an awesome feeling. It really. is because I never would have dreamed that would have been the case. Right. Yeah, I would count that too. Okay, I've been sober sixteen years. I, I drank drug for fourteen, but now I've actually lived my life. 29 years clean and was 28 when I, you know. Well, let's talk a little bit about this because I know that I've met you some in 12-step programs, um, and we've seen that, but I know that you don't constantly go every week, which I think is unique in a lot of ways when you especially talk about 12-step stuff. So let's talk a little bit about some of that. I I guess, what did you learn from 12-steps, and how do you apply some of that today? Well, when I got out of treatment, you know, I started going to meetings. I went every day. I enjoyed it, you know, and I got uh, in about three weeks, I got back in church. So I began to work what I called my spiritual triangle. Uh, you know, the bottom of it would be church. The other side would be uh, the meetings. 
rising to meet Jesus at the point, you know. Mm -hmm. So I called it, I called it my spiritual triangle and, you know, got back in church. So every day for several years, I was either in a meeting, uh, I would go at lunch most of the time. Uh, After a good season of that, I started taking Saturdays off. That was my day. I mean, I had to watch football, right? Right, (laughs) You know, some addictions die hard, okay? (laughs) So once football season kicked in again a year later, you know, I had to kind of deal with that. So, But anyway, I did that. Of course, was in church in the meetings. And then I I took step 12 for, for, for what it meant. I began to share, and then God led my steps. Begin to go out to the center, started playing my guitar, writing songs, uh, you know, and then started going to Teen Challenge. Other centers would invite me to uh, uh, share my story, and then God began to call me into the ministry. So even though I don't go to CR meetings or AA meetings now, my life is the Lord and serving him. And uh, so it's so it's an everyday thing. It's not like, well, okay, uh, I'm not going to go to the meeting today or church, so I'm going to do what I want. No, it's a lifestyle, see, mm-hmm. uh, that I live now. Uh, I remember about three years into it. Uh, I know the AA wouldn't want me to say this, but I'm driving home, and the Lord spoke to me at two years and seven months and said, "You're healed now." Mm-hmm. And so I knew what He meant. Again, I was going to church. I was a part of a powerful men's group. Got in Bible college, started going out ministering, and it was I, I was doing that every day at that point. So, and uh, it's been going ever since. So. Well, I remember just a few years after I met you, um, you and I we were inside of a share group together, and it was just us because we were separating and trying to do some other um, groups. We, you know, breaking up to do different issues within a CR program. And you made this comment, you may not even remember, you said, Roger, why, why do you keep telling people you struggle with drugs and alcohol? You don't struggle with that anymore. Mm, right. And it was convicting. And I've, I've changed my, kind of my terminology with that. Yeah, now. I said, you're lying. Yeah, because <laughs> I really thought about this. Like, it's been years since I struggled with that obsession. Right. Yeah. And so now when I introduce myself, I'll say I'm Roger and I celebrate recovery from drugs and alcohol. Right. And then I'll try to name something that I am struggling with. Sure. And so it's not that I think that I could go drink and do all that again because I know that I can't. That don't work for me. Right. But um, it, it, is, it was refreshing to say that, you know, I, I don't struggle because I did after you said that. I was like, maybe that, maybe that is kind of a lie. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, to me, I thought, wait a minute. He's standing up there leading this meeting. Yeah. And he's saying he's struggling. He's not struggling with it. I know him. He's not struggling. <laughs> he's struggling with all, you know. Yeah, yeah. And we all, you know, we're, we're in this sanctifying process of being, you know, conformed to the image of Christ. We're all being changed. So, so you know, we may not be struggling with alcohol and drugs, but we may be struggling with, you know, anger or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. Right. So to stand and say that, I thought, wait a minute. That don't, I don't, that's, you know, these people are sitting out here struggling with that. They, they could die tomorrow. And we're up here as the leaders telling them we're struggling with it. Right. I mean, I would go find me somewhere else yeah. to go. You know, right. I got <laughs> you know, to have somebody that knows what they're doing, right. baby. I'm struggling. I'm, yeah. I'm jonesing. Yeah. I'm, I'm broke. You know, <laughs> my mm. mama left. My daddy left. My, my wife left. Right. I got to get my car back, my house back, my wife. And I got to have somebody that's got the victory so I can follow them as they follow Christ. So, mm. right. Amen. Amen. You've been a really relatable guy because, like, every time I've seen you walk into a room of strangers, people kind of, like, 
automatically like you. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe that's a boastful way of saying that, but um, and I, I see that you're really relatable. Like, for instance, you talked about going. Well, I think you talked about. I know we talked about it a minute ago about going to teen challenges. Right. One of which has been a women's the women's side of the teen challenge. Right. And I'm like, I've always even thought to myself, how how can I relate with these women? Maybe I'm your woman. I don't know. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, uh, but you, um, you're able to relate with them really well and share the gospel and share hope with them. How is it that you've been able to meet with, I guess, how, how do you meet people where they are? You know. Well, you know, and going to the teen challenges, uh, the men and the ladies, uh, you know, they struggled and, and, uh, Partied. I mean, they're my people. Right. Know? These are my people. I was like, you're my people. So I know where they've been. Uh, I know what they've gone through. Every story is different, obviously. But it all stems from alcohol and drugs and, and so forth. So I just give them the message uh, and things that I have learned through my experience and hope uh, with the scriptures. And uh, it don't matter if they're men or women. You know, uh, I just release to them the word and my experience. And, you know, God is really, really blessed in that. So I've been going there for years and years and years. I've got two women's groups I go to uh, and a couple of the men's groups and all that. And to me, it's, it, there's no difference, you know. Right. I, I, I'm not, see, I'm seeing that they're ladies, obviously. Right. But I'm seeing that they're, ch- ch- they're daughters of God. And, and the women, you know, and, and I got to wonder when, when I started going to these two and, being led there a lot, you know, kind of going as my ministry changed over the last, say, 10, 12 years to where I was going more that way. I, I just said, well, wait, you know, what's going on, Lord? And so I started reading and saw where the women followed Jesus and they met his needs uh, and blessed him out of their own personal needs. Mm-hmm. And God began to show me, you look around in church, it's 60, 70, 80% women. And so if you're a pastor in a church, you're talking to predominantly a lot of women. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just began to say, okay, I got you. And just, God just opened the door and there are just hmm. boo coodles, you know, who have received uh, the, the word, who are saved, are doing great now, who uh, listen to my music. And really, they inspired me to start recording my music years ago. You know, some of the ladies said, Brother Danny, you need to make a CD. You need to make a CD. Mm-hmm. And I just made my fifth one, Holy Ghost Party. So it all this stems from all that. So, right. And just releasing and giving. You know, if you talk about the steps, it's just doing what the steps say to do. Right. I'm just giving back, you know, what God has done in my life. Yeah. Yeah, I like how you, the so the triangle that you were talking about earlier, backing up to what he was talking about with the triangle, so did you you kind of take that from the the other triangle where it's re- recovery unity service and kind of make it your own version? Well, no, I, I I didn't really think of it that way. I, I just you know I saw I got back in church. I started going to my meeting, and it just occurred to me this was like a spiritual triangle. Hmm. I, I saw that. Too, yeah, you know what about. I'm talking about. Yeah, in 12-step right, recovery, there's there's a triangle. It's on the AA chip. Yeah, it? it's on the AA chip. It's recovery service and unity right right but that never dawned on me you know but i've got boo coodles of, of chips you know right and, and proud of every one of them amen right. so but i didn't get it from that it's yeah. just kind of like what god just kind of showed me mm-hmm. 
And I began to tell people, you know, because in some of the meetings, they'd get mad if you talked about church. But I was working this triangle, and, you know, I was going to church and going to meetings, which I think is the best way to do it. Yeah. You know, even if you go through Teen Challenge and you graduate in a year and you go back home, a lot of the men and ladies go to celebrate recovery because mm-hmm. it's Christ-centered. And I, I, I promote that. I say, hey, you, if you need that, you keep going and you do you do that. Because so, then you can give back to others who have not gone through Teen Challenge or gone through a treatment center. And they're there struggling. Well, then you can share and uh, you spread yeah. the good news. Amen. I, I know that... Um I was just talking to my sponsee about or one of my sponsees the other day about this is like, I was like, don't watch what I do today because where my recovery's at is not where your recovery's at. You know, he's uh, just a few weeks sober and I'm like, you need to be going to as many meetings as you can get to right now or go to every church service. You can, you can, oh, yeah. the door open, be around some other people where it's safe. And I heard you say that in your story a minute ago that you went to a lot of meetings, and mm-hmm. here you are thirty years later. Well, I would hope you wouldn't be addicted to going to meetings at this point, <laughs> right? right? Yeah, I mean, right, there yeah. is life outside of just yeah. going to meetings all the times, and so that's kind of where I see myself at today. Is um, I remember when we first started our first Celebrate Recovery group, and my pastor said, "Well, you know, maybe if you started doing this CR stuff, you could quit going to AA." And I was like, Freaked no, out, didn't it? Yeah. there's no way yeah. I could ever do that. And so then I started doing just the CR thing, and I, but I was going to a couple of different meetings at different churches. And now, you know, at 15 years into this, I kind of go to my CR group on Tuesday nights, and I consider this a meeting for me because all sure. we talk about is recovery talk here. And then on top of that, I'm meeting with sponsees and do those things You're throughout the church, week. church, serving right. in church. When you right, Wednesday right. night church, you got Sundays. And so all of those, it's my, it, that all of that, as you mentioned earlier, is my recovery. To, to me, I, when I hear your story, I, I see that there's, there's universal principles in recovery, whether you're doing 12 steps or not. So like one of them would be service. So right. you're actively serving others and, and carrying the message to other people, just like is told to us in 12 steps, just like the 12 step. You're, you're, you're doing that. You're, you're actively engaged in carrying the message, even though you're not working a formal 12 step program. Right. Because all 12 steps came from the word. Amen. That's right. So if and I'm working yeah. the word, if I'm obeying, you know, if I'm doing what the word says to do, I'm working steps. I don't have to say, well, I'm working this step today. Glory to God. But I'm working, you know, I began to work it out of that flowed, mm-hmm. you know, a new life. Uh, of, of giving back and worshiping and, and serving. And, and you know, hey, the way I look at it is this. Y'all talked about, you know, going to meetings every day. Hey, I went out every night. Right. <laughs> 10, 30, 11 o'clock, you know, <laughs> there's apartments down. I called a cab, you know. Karen dropped me off at the club, you know. Yep. So so it's it was nothing. And I still have that that I like to go out. I like to be around people. So I just switched streams. I just switched drinks, you know. I'm drinking of the river of life, and that's why I like to go out to these places, go fellowship, you know, go mm-hmm. spread the good news, and so I'm still going out, you know. But the purpose, you know, God changed it 29 years ago. <laughs> yeah, you got to replace what you can't just give up the drugs and alcohol or whatever it is and not replace it, you know. I agree with that. You know, we got a few minutes here, and I, w- I wanted to kind of th- maybe not wrap it up, but we'll we'll stay here for a minute is, you know, I was talking about how a lot of people can relate and they like you, and I didn't really know the word to say that, but really it's that you connect with people is the word I was trying to look for a minute ago. 
and it's not just because you go to women's uh, a women's rehab. That was just that's how I first knew you were going. You were going to men's places as well, and but the reason they can connect, as you said a minute ago, is because of your story. So how do you believe? Okay, maybe this is the best way to say it. Do you believe? Can you be grateful for your past today? Uh, yes, absolutely. So if I wouldn't have done all that and experienced the pain of the past, then I would not have this niche, this this ministry, you know, and and this life, you know, that God has uh, turned around and changed, you know, to be able to share and and to help others, you know, struggling uh, with addictions and, and so forth in their life. So yeah, it, it's kind of like Romans eight twenty eight. Mm-hmm. God has fitted it all into a plan. And I'm probably doing now exactly what I was created to do, uh, even though I had some bumps in the road early from my own willful choices. You know, it's come full circle. Because one thing I've, I've learned about him, and I don't know if you know this much about him, Jason, but, you know, I would say about the 10 years you and I have known each other, Dan, is I've never seen him upset. And I'm sure his wife would disagree with that, but Mm -hmm. I've never Mm -hmm. seen you upset. I've never not seen him smiling. Mm -hmm. If I've said anything negative, like he would rebuke those things in front of me. (laughs) Like he will. I mean, he'll straight up do it. Like he just, he don't, he won't have negative things around him. And and maybe, maybe it's different outside and other places, but I've always loved that about him because you feel different around him. You feel his joy. And, I've never, never seen you go, well, I'm an addict and I'm an alcoholic. This poor pitiful me. Like there's victory and I see you live that victory. And that's one of the reasons I wanted you to come on here and share with our listeners is it's not a death sentence to have went through some struggles in your life or go through struggles. Like there is victory on the other side. You know, everybody goes through struggles. Mm -hmm. You know, ours was alcohol and addiction or whatever. But everybody has struggles. The, the guy preaching on Sunday morning in front of 10,000 people, the businessman at the car dealership, the, you know, the, the, the server at the local restaurant, everybody has issues they have to overcome and give to God. And if they'll trust the Lord you know, and follow him, uh, their life can be blessed. You know, they can have victory. For it was for freedom that Christ has made us free. Amen. And uh, you know, he's called us to live in victory. And uh, when we get when we uh, get to that place, one way to, you got to give it away to keep it. Say, right. what does the scripture say? He who encourages others will himself be encouraged. He who refreshes others will be himself refreshed. Real quick, two or three, three or four days ago, I was kind of feeling just kind of down, kind of blasé, and I thought, you know what? I hadn't reached out and encouraged people a lot lately, like I I was. So I sent about four or five people. A, a text like a word psalm thirty-five twenty-seven, uh, a couple of things like that and and all of a sudden one of them sent me back a word mm. well i read the word and then the column said hey well they they we begin to speak mutually encourage one another mm. another text came back well after i did all that then i myself was lifted back up to mm. using the principles it'll work if you work it yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can sit there and gloom, despair, and agony on me, or you can work the steps, work the word, work the principles, you know, and God can bless and, and uh, use you and encourage you, you know. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think that's the, probably the most powerful thing we talk about is that God can use us. And even in the midst of our misery and our despair, that he can bring us out of that pit. Out of that horrible pit. Yeah. In the name of your book. Whoa. <laughs> Psalm 40. Yeah, that's awesome. 
Hallelujah. So. You got any questions before we go to the final no, four? No. All right. So I, I prepared you with these beforehand. So let's see what you've got here. We do this with everyone <laughs> that we kind of wrap up the show okay. with and ask these questions. And so our first question I want to ask you was, um, can you name a book other than the Bible? Reason we do that, because as soon as we do it, everybody goes, oh, the Bible changed my life. Yeah. And so other than the Bible, a movie or a podcast has changed the way you look at an area of your life. Or a book. You said a book, yeah. too. Yeah. Well, there was a small book that I got a hold of years ago, and it's about Brother Lawrence, who was a 16th century monk. And the title of the book is Practicing the Presence of God. And I began to realize early on uh, that, uh, you know, I loved God's presence. It's what, I, it's what we were looking for. And uh, so, I, I, you know, instead of just going to church on Sunday and Wednesday or whatever and feeling God's presence and, and all that, I began to, to understand that I, I could experience God on Tuesday. Mm, I could yeah. experience him on Thursday. Right. I began to develop a relationship with him, and, and Brother Lawrence began to experience the presence of God, whether he was washing dishes, whether he was uh, going to, gr to get groceries for the monastery, whatever the case was. He stayed in. The, he stayed communicating with God through prayer. See, remember I told you about my praying grandmas. Mm. You know, I began to, to learn early the power of prayer. I don't have to be at church to pray. I don't have to be on my knees to pray. But I, you begin to develop a relationship uh, with the Lord, I mean, through the presence of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And then God began to move upon me and move in my life, uh, other than being in church. And I thought it was the greatest thing ever. And just got hungrier and thirstier for more of the Holy Spirit. And I begin to practice the presence of God. And if I do today, I keep worship going at work. Mm. We keep worship going at our house, you know. And uh, that's the best thing to do, just have the presence of God with us. Because mm -hmm. in essence, with alcohol and drugs, that's the drink we were looking for, was drinking of the new wine of the Holy Spirit. And once you experience his presence, you know, hey, you want that all the time every day. So mm. That's good. That's great. Amen. All right, the second one is, if you had a blank billboard to share advice with the world, what phrase would you put on it? Oh, that's that was the tough one. It was. It, it's always hard. <laughs> well, uh, don't quit, you know, or, or keep getting back up. Yeah. The only way to lose is to quit. And Galatians 6, 9 is my scripture. Don't be weary in well-doing, for at the proper time you will reap a harvest if you don't give up or quit. Mm. So you know, just don't quit with Galatians six nine on there. Mm. Keep there keep getting back up, baby. Keep That's getting good. back up. All right. So um, number three is when talking about the twelve steps, which we've talked a little bit about. So when when talking about the twelve steps, what's your favorite step? I, I think number three. Uh, you know, g give our will and our lives over to the care of God as we we understand it. I knew when I went in that treatment center on September the fifth. Of course, I was pretty well wasted, but when I, when I began to sober up after a day or two, you know, and I made that commitment to go, I knew I was giving my life over to the Lord, and it was Jesus Christ. And I, I, about, I had been there about three or four days, and my family came with my grandmothers, and they were sitting around the table, and I walked right up to them after being there about four days, and I told them, I said, hey, I've given my life to Jesus. They looked at me like, Sure, yeah, that's good, Danny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I knew who to run to, you know. Yeah. And uh, 
you know, it's given. But this is a daily thing. Right. Paul said, I die daily. Mm-hmm. You know, we're renewed day by day. So we make choices. Uh, we make decisions. And every day, you know, we give our life over to the to the Lord, you know. Amen. Every yeah. day. So. You know, every time I think I know what our our, our guest will say here, and I, w- I would have pegged you on a step 12, <laughs> and, you know, I get it wrong every time. So it's <laughs> good to show you don't really think you Well, you I love, I love step 12. I, I know you do, but, you know, because I know how many places you go and you speak and do, but, you know, I just – you, you you think that you've got it all figured out, and, and it just goes to show. Well, you hey, hey, I have to give my life over to the care of the Lord every day. Amen. You know? I mean, I, mean, I, mean, I, I get all, it. I get hey, it. sometimes several times a day. Oh, uh, amen. To do so, His will. So. so, our last question for you, and this is probably the easiest, and I'll let you say it because if I try to say it, I, I'll get it wrong. But how can people reach you? Well, you can reach me at my email address, uh, Danny Ingram at att dot net. Uh, on Facebook, Danny Ingram, uh, because I, I wanted Danny uh, Ingram on that for my old friends I grew up with at Midfield, you know, so to befriend them. Uh, but my music's, uh, my website is daningram.org. Go to that. You can order my a book. It'll carry right to uh, Amazon. You can read uh, my two other books, Out of a Horrible Pit and all that free. You can click on music, order all my music off cdbaby.com. It'll carry you right to that. You can listen to it free. You don't have to buy it. You know, I, 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 I made that choice. You can either click on the arrows to the left on all the CDs, mm-hmm. listen to them free, or you can click on it, download it, or you can buy a CD, you know, whatever. So my point is I want people to listen to it. And a lot of my music's geared to getting set free, getting getting delivered you know the each each uh song is a message is a is a sermon you know is is an encouragement you know so yeah i know we've had a lot of a lot of fun singing those songs <laughs> as you've came into the church and our celebrate recovery and done those things so yeah. you've been a blessing to us man and um i hope that your ministry continues and you keep moving and doing the things yeah. that you're doing as god leads you thank you and so i i, I just pray that you you continue that, man, because you've been a blessing. I, I said that. I know I said it. I repeat it, but you really have been a blessing been in a my blessing. life. You've been a blessing. Hey, and if, if there's another Celebrate Recovery out there, I'll, I'll come and do two or three songs, share my story. Uh, you know, hey, you're the you're the, looking at the only preacher you know that pays to preach and go places. <laughs> you, know, you don't have to pay me. I'll come, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because, you know, hey, I used to go out every night. Boom, I don't mind coming. Amen. Yeah. So, Absolutely, sir. This was an honor, a privilege, and I appreciate it. Well, Jason, that's another one in the books, man. It is. So I'm Roger. I'm Jason. We're signing out. Thanks for listening to Soberholic with Roger and Jason. If you like the show and want to know more, check out soberholicpodcast.com. Please remember to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next week, Soberholics.